0: At ModCloth, they designed vintage-inspired apparel made relevant for right now. Crafted by a team of in-house designers, signature styles include bright, hand-drawn prints
1: in an inclusive size range that celebrate all women. RSVP yes to all the holiday parties because ModCloth has party-perfect looks for every event. From velvet to tulle, you'll find the dress of your dreams. And if you're feeling gifty but not sure what to give, ModCloth has a gift guide that has something for everyone. Seriously, go check out their unique gift selection. It's amazing.
0: ModCloth believes that fashion should celebrate all women, and that's why they include a size range from 00 to 28. If you have a question about fit, their team of mod stylists
1: can hook you up with complimentary sizing and styling help. I was on their website the other day looking for gifts for friends and family, and then I bought myself a really cute velvet dress that I'm going to wear for the holidays. So cute. And my dress has pockets, which I'm really excited about. Oh, that's going to
0: be great. Especially because you can hide all the little snacks. Sneak some extra candy canes. Exactly. Exactly. So hurry you guys this offer is only valid for a limited time to get 15% off of your purchase of $100 or more go to modcloth.com that's m o d
1: c l o t h.com and enter code ghost at checkout Again this offer is only valid for a limited time to so get 15% off your purchase of $100 or more go to modcloth.com and enter code ghost at checkout uh, uh.
0: Welcome, everybody. Welcome to another spooky weekend here to Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls,
1: One Ghost.
0: This episode of Two Girls, One Ghost is sponsored by Mod Cloth, Away, Function of
1: Beauty, FabFitFun, and Brooke And we are your ghostesses. That's Corinne. Hello. Corinne Kringle. And I am Sabrina Santa. <laughs> I
0: don't know. It's really nice that you called me that because I. At Thanksgiving dinner with my younger cousin who's six, her name is Addie. She calls me creepy cousin Corinne because I have the creepy podcast. That's amazing. I'm her creepy cousin that she tells all of the other six year olds about. I have a
1: creepy cousin. Oh my God. I love that so much. I, I want my, I'm going to tell my half sister to start calling me her creepy sister. Yeah, you should. She now calls me her famous sister, which is very, very sweet, but I want to be oh. creepy sister. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i know i i you know i like your title sabrina but i wouldn't trade mine for yours no i you know i still love her but i i really want <laughs> you want to get creepy and that's what we do here I be creepy. two girls one ghost
1: yeah and uh this is an encounters episode mm-hmm. where we read your stories to you you email them to us we read them, we freak out, and then we read them to all of you guys because they're amazing. Would you like to kick us
0: off, Sabrina? Yeah, I would. Heck yes. I see some of the titles of your emails and I, I'm thinking spooky. Okay. I'm ready. I'm hooked. Are you in? You have my attention. You're hooked for the next hour and a half. Okay, great. Well, what if I want to keep you for longer? Well, you can keep me until I die. I am so excited. Why are we talking like this? <laughs> why are you suddenly British? I don't know what it just happened.
1: Okay. This is from Julie, and I will not read the story the way we were just speaking. Don't worry.
0: For all the people that email us and say, why do you have to do the voices? We hate the voices. Well, guess Here what? You're in luck. We won't do the voices while we read the stories.
1: Well, now I want to if people give a shit.
0: It's okay. Everyone loves and hates everything, so.
1: Now I understand why people do the Ouija board when we say not to. (laughs) Okay, this is from Julie. Her subject line is my ghost birthday party. Hey, Sabrina and Corinne. My name is Julie. My cousin Nancy showed me your podcast a few months ago, and I have been obsessed so much that my husband has banned me from listening to you guys because of something that happened. So let's jump in. Let me start by saying that I have been obsessed with the supernatural since I was a child. We used to live in a haunted house, no biggie, in California, and the story was that an elderly couple hung themselves in our tree in the backyard. Oh, wow. So when we moved in, the cabinet doors would always open, our cups and plates were always out on the tables, and our tires were always flat. Like, they did not want us living there. Although, if their tires are flat, then how can they get away? True. These ghosts weren't thinking, classic mistake. You're only thinking about the now. You're not looking forward. Yeah. How are they – you want them out? You got to give them a car to drive away in. My parents just shrugged it off and we lived for a few years and when we were moving out, they did the same thing. Attachment issues much? They also like to mess with us. Like when my parents were watching scary movies, they would wait for a scary scene and throw open the doors to our rooms and bang on my parents sliding door to the room. And when we had guests, they'd sometimes push them when they were in the shower. Mm. Ha ha. Good times. Then we moved to Florida and decided to build a house in the middle of nowhere, like literally nowhere. We lived in the Everglades where there was no civilization for miles because it was where there were big lots of land for growing crops. I remember a story when my dad was picking out crops and he sometimes hired workers to help. One time he was out there having a conversation with a man and handing him fruits from the top of the tree to put into the basket that was on the floor. This went on for maybe an hour or so, and when he was done, he climbed down the ladder, and the man wasn't there. And then he remembered that he didn't hire anyone that day and realized he had been talking to a ghost the entire time. Oh, my God. We would have our car alarm start blaring around 2 a.m. on its own, and more specifically, an old car that we had manual with no alarm would flicker its light on and off inside the car for a while. One time, my boyfriend at the time was home alone, I had just left for work, and he thought that I was still there because he needed toilet paper and started knocking on the walls to call for me. When he knocked, the same sequence would knock back. He started doing a beat, and then it would respond with the same beat back. He eventually found toilet paper and then went out to laugh with me, but to his dismay, no one was home. Needless to say, he hauled ass out of there and would not stay home alone ever again. Wow. Okay. I've been going off topic for so long. So sorry. I just felt like telling you all of my stories. <laughs> I'll save the rest for another email, but let's get to the main story now. So it was in December. My birthday was the next week, January 5th, and I come home from work pretty late. This specific night, I got home at 12 AM. I live with my mom and brother at the time. And my mom had called before and said that she and my brother had left to my aunt's house and they wouldn't be home until late. So when I walked into the pitch-dark house, I took off my shoes, and around the corner, I heard a lot of whispers. I heard, shh, shh, she's here. And then movement, and then quietness. My birthday was next week, so of course, it's a surprise birthday party for me. Smile on my face, I turn on the lights, turn the corner, announce myself, and no one. Oh. I open all the doors, closets, I looked in every corner, and no one. Oh, shit. I don't like to scare myself, so I slowly walk upstairs very calmly. And behind my ear, I can hear the sound of someone following me upstairs and the rustling of newspaper. I am fighting the urge to run. I do not want to let the demons know that I am scared in fear that they might do something else. I get upstairs, go to the bathroom in the hallway to take off my contacts, and I keep the door open because I am deathly scared of opening the door and finding a figure there. So as I'm taking my contacts off, I'm blind, so I cannot see anything anymore. In the corner of my eye, I see a figure of a little girl in the hall. Why did it have to be a little girl? Why are little ghost kids the most scary? (laughs) I rush to my room, close the door, and lock it. Nothing happened after that for years. Well, at least until now. So I mentioned that I am banned from listening to your podcast. I don't care though, because I sneak it in on my drive to school and work and home, even if it's night. But when I found you guys, I would listen day and night, but never in the house. This night, I had you guys playing on my phone in my house while I was doing homework and I went to bed shortly after. I was awoken in the middle of the night. I could not move. I felt paralyzed. Was it sleep paralysis? I've never had this before. The only thing that could move were my eyes. I felt cold. And my door to the room creeped open. I have perfect visual of my stairs and I could see a dark shadow creep up the stairs directly to me. He comes in my room and the shadow of a lengthy man with a hat appears. He was a man but not a man at the same time. It was so dark I could not see any details. He stands next to and starts to lean over me as if he was going to take me. I am screaming and crying for my husband to wake up and save me. But nothing comes out of my mouth. I can feel the tears drip down my face. I can't breathe. I'm blinking uncontrollably because that's all I can do. I'm hoping I can just blink it away and all of a sudden, it's gone. I can move. I turn on the light and check the time. It was 3.10 (gasps) a.m. So I just scooted next to my husband and cried in his arms and fell back to sleep. I have told my stories to other people with heightened abilities and they can confirm that I do not have anything attached to me, so I think I'm safe. Anyway, thanks for your podcast. I'll write another day for my other stories uh, from my past. Love, Julie.
0: All right. Talk about like 700 stories in one email. My goodness. Everyone in her family seemed to have something happen too. Mm -hmm. I can't believe her dad had an entire conversation with someone before realizing that person was dead. He wasn't
1: even there. That's just wild. (gasps) and it's like daylight Ah! it's also wild because he was picking crops and he was passing it to the man to put in the basket so the ghost did help him do his job which is very nice yeah the amount of energy
0: and participation that that spirit exhibited is you know we should applaud that person i also wonder what they talked about yeah how long was the conversation like what was the guy standing there for two minutes was he there for an hour i'm curious he said hour an hour or so A full hour. I'm even more curious about all of the spirits in her house that caught her, you know, like that, shh, she's home. There were spirits like around the corner waiting for her or that that they felt like they were caught when she came in. I know. So wild. And were the ghosts throwing a surprise party?
1: (laughs) Nick just turned the lights off on me.
0: Do you want to get up and turn them on?
1: No, I'm fine.
0: Jeez, all right. You're really getting used to these ghost stories.
1: <laughs> oh. Now you can't see any dark shadows if they're passing by me. No,
0: and I don't want to see any dark shadows, and I sure as heck don't want to see any little kids like she did. Uh,
1: I know. I'm so curious. Like, Were the were the ghosts in her house throwing a party for her because they knew it was her birthday, or was it something scary and ominous and like, oh my gosh, she's home, rather than sh- that surprise her? The... I
0: don't even know if it was ominous as much... As it was maybe just they were caught off guard, you know, like maybe they were spooked just as much as she was. Right. Maybe it was like a bunch of little kids playing and the oldest one was like, shh, she's home.
1: Like, stop. Stop what you're doing. We have to run. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But then it followed her. So they were curious by her. And do they linger in the house for a long time? Are they there often? so many questions that we'll never get answers to and i hope she never gets sleep paralysis
0: again oh God, no it's horrible it's so bad all right i have a story this is from our listener aaron and it is called shadow person at a universal studios hotel <gasps> and a heartwarming story universal universal oh my gosh hi ladies I just finished listening to Your Encounters interview episode from Universal Studios Horror Nights and knew I had to share some of my stories. So my first story is from a few years ago when me and my family visited the Harry Potter world at Universal Studios Orlando shortly after it opened, around 2012, I think. We were staying in one of the on-site hotels, pretty positive that it was the Lowe's Royal Pacific Hotel, where I experienced some pretty creepy shit. The second or third night that we were there, I was having trouble falling asleep. I was sharing a bed with my sister, who's a pretty heavy sleeper, while my mom and stepdad were in the other bed, both snoring. I had my eyes closed while I was listening to an audiobook to help me fall asleep. I suddenly had an overwhelming feeling that I needed to open my eyes. And when I did, there was a shadow person standing in the corner of the room, staring yeah. at me. No. It was the outline of what looked to be a male about my height, five foot three. It wasn't a member of my family. It wasn't anything I could explain. There were no features, no face. And although the room was dark, he was darker than the room. And I could see him clearly because he blocked the glow coming from the thermostat on the wall. Oh my gosh. All I could think to do was to close my eyes again. And so I did. I counted to 13. I honestly don't know why I chose that number. And opened my eyes again. He was still standing there. Oh, no, I was completely frozen in fear. I couldn't do anything but stare back at him. After a few more seconds, he darted off to the right side of the room and disappeared. (gasps) I was so scared that I shut my eyes and I wouldn't open them until morning. The following night, I woke up to a couple loud thumps on the wall above my bed. I just assumed it was the people next door, so I brushed it off and went back to sleep. A little while later, everyone in the room woke up to the loud banging on the wall above my bed. It stopped right after my mom turned on the light, and it was so violent that it knocked the lampshades off of the wall light fixture. What? Definitely the creepiest thing I've experienced. My second story is actually my sister's experience, but it's worth telling. Our grandma passed away in early December of 2018. She had been having a lot of health issues the year or two prior, so it was not unexpected, but it was still difficult. Two weeks before she passed, I had called my grandparents to catch up and talk about what I had done for Thanksgiving since I lived a few hours away from the rest of the family. The conversation was pleasant, until it wasn't. My grandma was adamant that someone had taken around $200 worth of quarters from her home, and she began to suspect my younger sister. I assured her that my sister would never steal from her, but she seemed convinced. Little did we know that at the time, our grandma's behavior and feelings were likely due to her not getting enough oxygen to her brain. Mm. She was using an oxygen tank 24-7 and had lung cancer earlier that year from a lifetime of smoking. After ending the call, I quickly texted my sister and warned her about grandma's accusations, suggesting that she hold off from calling grandma give her some time to cool down and just forget about the situation so my sister didn't call and grandma passed away before my sister got the chance to talk to her oh after she passed we drove up to be with my grandpa and to help our dad get everything sorted out the first night after everyone went to bed my sister went into the room where grandma had passed in her favorite room on her favorite little couch and she had a heart-to-heart with an empty room, hoping that Grandma would hear her. Aww. She said that she wasn't mad at her for accusing her of stealing, and that she was really sorry she didn't call. The next morning, as my sister was waking up, she could feel Grandma's embrace and could hear her voice saying, I love you, I love you, I love you. Oh. I have harbored some guilt from telling my sister not to call that Thanksgiving, but I'm so happy that my sister was able to get some closure. Love the podcast. Keep doing what you're doing, ladies, and I'll see you on the other side,
1: Erin. Wow, Erin, you should not feel guilty at all for telling your sister not to call.
0: No, I would have done the same exact thing. Yeah.
1: Also, I was, I was, (laughs) when she said the two hundred dollars and quarters and coins missing, I thought because you know how a lot of ghosts can move, yes, coins and leave coins behind. I thought she was going to leave behind two hundred dollars of coins for her sister. Oh, as a like, (sighs) I know you didn't do it.
0: Yeah, that would have been a treat. Grandma's suddenly paying you $200? You hit the <laughs> lotto. Amazing. Man. Erin came at us at all angles here. She started out with the creepy-ass story of a spirit person tormenting her family, a universal while they're going to Harry Potter world. That should be a delightful experience. But then she closed it out with a lovely story of grandma's
1: embrace. The best combo. See, as good and there are some not-so-good experiences with the paranormal. But... I'm so curious about this spirit at the hotel because shadow people are typically a lot taller. I mean, I know they can come in all size and shape, but I feel like what if it's just the spirit of someone who passed away at the hotel or on the Universal Studios property?
0: Maybe. I will say that the majority of shadow people I've encountered are quite small. Oh, really? Around like four feet. Oh. So I guess they come in all shapes
1: and sizes. All shapes and sizes. So I don't know.
0: Yeah. The loud banging, though, like makes me think that it with something like negative
1: you know right or is it just something that wants attention and doesn't have the ability to speak otherwise
0: i hate that the idea of closing your eyes and counting because that's a surefire way of, of like you know when i open my eyes it won't be there anymore and then i can go to sleep mm-hmm. then you open your eyes and the thing
1: is still staring at you <laughs> oh i know it's the worst well because you have to do that to like Convince yourself maybe this isn't real. And then the second time you open your eyes and you see it, you now know. Yeah. It is there. I would for sure pack my bags and go. Oh, if
0: I saw that. yes. And you can with Away because Away creates thoughtful products built for the way modern travelers see the world. They started with the perfect suitcase and now they offer a range of essentials, all of which will make your travels more seamless.
1: And Both Chris and I can attest to that because I have the smaller carry-on and you have the weekender bag and we use them all the time. I personally love the small travel carry-on bag because it has the 360 spinner wheels and so when I'm going through the airport, I just feel like I'm flying by effortlessly and easily.
0: And in fact, although we did not encounter shadow people, when we went to Harry Potter World, you also had your away suitcase with you. (laughs) All of Away suitcases are thoughtfully designed to last a lifetime with durable exteriors that can withstand even the roughest of baggage handlers. And every suitcase comes with an interior organization system that includes a built-in compression pad to help you pack more in and hidden and removable laundry bag that separates your dirty
1: clothes praise be and they have tsa approved combination locks that keep your belongings safe their products are designed to last a lifetime so if any part of your suitcase breaks Away's standout customer service team will arrange to have it fixed or replaced
0: there's a 100 day trial on everything that away makes so if you want to take it on the road with you you know travel with it Get lost with it for 100 days. If you decide it's not for you, you can return any non personalized item for a full refund during that period. No ifs, ands, or asterisks.
1: And they have free shipping and returns on any order within the contiguous US, Europe, Canada, and Australia. Traveling during the holidays is crazy, but getting away can make every trip a lot more seamless. Visit awaytravel.com forward slash TGOG20 to learn more. And if you're in the US, EU, UK, Canada, or Australia, Order by eleven $1, fifty nine on $1, twelve fifteen for free ground shipping with guaranteed free delivery by $1, twelve twenty. For additional last minute holiday shipping details, check out their website awaytravel.com dot com forward slash tgog twenty. Again, for additional last minute holiday shipping deals, check out their website awaytravel.com dot com forward slash tgog twenty. Okay, I have another story from. Which one do I want to do? I know it's hard, but luckily. We get to do all of them that we put in the folder. (laughs) I know. Okay, this one's from Stu. Okay. And the subject line is, episode 27, was my granddad and dad. What? (laughs) Hi, Corinne and Sabrina. Sorry, I'm a little late to the podcast life and trying to get through all of your episodes, and I am totally hooked. I am Stuart, by the way. I have experienced many ghost-related stories, some nice and some horrifying. I was trying to think of the best story to send to you guys until I got to one of your episodes where you mentioned my granddad and dad. Yes, you heard me. Somehow you told a brief story about my granddad, Colin Grant, and dad on episode 27, Rest in Peace. I was sitting working away when you started telling the story of Grey Friars Kirkyard in Edinburgh, Scotland. So Stu says, here's a quick background story. I'm originally from Fife in Scotland, but now live in Staffordshire. I probably said that wrong. England, which you've mentioned in a previous episode previous to the one I'm talking about now. But my granddad was from Edinburgh and had a clairvoyant shop not too far away from Greyfriars Kirkyard. He used to be quite famous around Edinburgh back in the day, which is pretty cool to say that was my granddad. You told the story of Mackenzie Poltergeist really well. Good job, Corinne. Oh, thanks. There was a lot of speculation around the death of my granddad and my family swears to this day that the exorcism at the graveyard had nothing to do with his death, and we will never know for sure, but the quick story I'm about to tell you around his death haunts me to this day. Oh my goodness. I can't believe he's emailing
0: us. I feel like a celebrity is emailing us. (laughs) I know. It's so cool. feels so special.
1: There is more information from the night of the exorcism that is really spooky, and it was all over the newspapers at the time. After Granddad had done the exorcism, he had a photo taken from a professional photographer. Let me reword that. He had two photos taken. The building in the background was closed, and no one had been in there for years. When they opened it up that night, they looked through the entire place, and it was empty. After my granddad had completed his exorcism, the press took a photo of him outside the building, and in the photo, there was a man in the window of the building. Mm-hmm. The rumor is that the man figure resembled the look of Mackenzie. Bloody Mackenzie! Bloody Mackenzie. I have attached a photo. Sorry for the quality. It was posted in the newspaper, so it's not great quality. (gasps) Okay, I'm clicking on it. I can't wait. The second picture, which I am sorry I don't have a copy to hand to you. My dad has that copy, so I will try to get this over to you at some point. But the picture is pretty much the same image as the attached, but with two major differences. The man in the window is not there anymore, and there is a full figure of a man standing next to my granddad (gasps) with his hands wrapped around his neck. Oh, my God. <gasps> the picture was deemed too terrifying to be posted in the general newspaper at the time, so my dad held the copies. So creepy, right? Side story, in my granddad's shop, he used to do his readings in Contacting the Dead, etc., in a room in the back. It was pretty small when I was last there, but it totally scared the living daylights out of me. When you walked in, the walls were all dark, and there was a large round table in the middle with the smallest amount of light. I had to go to the loo once, so my dad took me to the basement where the toilet was, and we had to go into granddad's workroom to a hatch in the floor and walk down loads of steps into a cold, damp basement. Right at the furthest point was a door, and that was where the toilet was. Dad used to make me go down on my own, and honestly, it was the scariest, and I swear I saw something down there once, and that was the last time I went to the bathroom down there. So now you have a picture of the scene, a dark, scary room with a creepy-ass basement. Shortly after my granddad had done the exorcism at the graveyard, there were reports that he didn't feel right, and he felt unwell. The day he died, he seemingly told my grand that he wasn't feeling right. That afternoon, he had an appointment with a lady who wanted to speak to a loved one who had passed. Just as a side note, all readings were recorded for security reasons, so my dad has the voice tape from this day but refuses to let me listen. Granddad contacted someone on the other side, which led him to saying, I have no more good information to bring. He then looked at the lady in the strangest way and just collapsed on the table and died from a massive heart attack. What? A lot of reports and stories that were recorded blamed the exorcism of Mackenzie and that they said that the spirit followed him home after that night and killed him. My family doesn't believe this to be the case. To me, I don't want to believe this is the story, and perhaps my family feels the same, but I am not sure. I've always wanted to hear the tape just out of curiosity, but I feel it must be terrifying if my dad, to this day, still won't let me hear it. My dad did a follow-up exorcism at the Greyfriars Kirkyard Graveyard for a TV show called The Scariest Places on Earth. I have sent you the links below if you're interested. He has some great tales from his spiritual life, stories for another email I am sure, but for me, I do have a spooky bug where my other brothers and sisters do not. I'm very interested in the spiritual world, but at the same time, it scares me every day. Anyway, thanks for making this podcast so enjoyable. I'm sure I will be in contact soon with more stories to tell. See you on the other side, Stew.
0: Oh, well, you know what I'm watching tonight. Mm Mm-hmm. Holy crap. Oh, my gosh. This is his granddad. To pass away from a massive heart attack during a session where you're in contact with the other side. I know. It makes me wonder if there's anything different about passing over when you're already that open. Like, does something – is it either easier or does something happen with your soul because you're already – like, I almost picture it as, like, passing away while astral projecting.
1: Right. Interesting. Well, also the spirit said, I have no more good news to tell you or good information. So it was like our connection is done because you're, you know, like your spirit, his spirit guide was kind of telling him that this is the end. That he had no more info
0: or that there was no info for him to give. Oh, my gosh. My so mind is just running a million miles a minute right now <laughs> thinking about this. Huh. Usually it's not working at all, but right
1: now it's going fast. It's going real fast. Going real fast. Wow. Oh. I'm sure his family has so many stories. If that if his granddad did this for a living, could you imagine? I want to hear all of his recordings.
0: It also makes me wonder, okay, so yes, I want to hear the recordings for sure. And I want to see the creepy ass photo of whatever it was holding granddad and almost like choking him. Mm-hmm. But It also makes me wonder, we talk so much about, or it's out there, information's out there, about lineage and and the familial line and oftentimes with females, kind of like grandmothers and then mothers and then, you know, granddaughters and daughters. It makes me wonder if... Maybe his family, if Stu's family has the same thing, like his granddad was into it, then his dad and now him, but his siblings aren't. I wonder if there's some sort of like gene or some little spark of something that just gets trickled down. I bet there is. I bet there is. It's like Halloween town, you know? Well, Stu, if we have any advice for you, maybe leave Greyfriars Kirkyard graveyard. Whoa, that is hard to say. It's hard. Maybe leave it alone. It sounds like your family is already... Covered it enough. Yeah. Die
1: away. But also maybe if you I don't know. Maybe their family's drawn to it for a specific thing. Yeah. Or reason. Maybe they're connected to bloody Mackenzie in some lineage. <gasps>
0: or maybe it's like Avatar the Last Airbender, where like he's the one that has to go crack the code and, and save everybody from Bloody Mackenzie. He has the power. He has the he power. the chosen one. Stew. 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 heart. Sorry, <laughs> right, okay, what do you have? I, I have one from Keely. It's called Friendly Ghost, da da da, or is it? Mm. Hey ladies, I've listened to your awesome podcast since episode 1. Plus, I'm also an avid Blind Spot and Prodigal Son viewer.
1: Sabrina. Oh my god. Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, I work on those. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, here goes. About 10 to 11 years ago, I was dating a guy whose dad bought an old, run-down house in a neighborhood in a fairly urban area of metro Atlanta. The house was unlivable when he purchased it, and after diligent work on restoring the quaint old home, it was really becoming a beautiful home for the two of them. When we started dating, they had just started living in the house, but still continuing renovations daily. As soon as I walked into the house, I knew the space seemed crowded. Not in people, but in energy. Mm -hmm. I passed it off as it just being an old house. A few weeks after staying in the home, when we would return back to his house, we would come into all of the cabinets and drawers in his house wide open, even though no one had been home. I, of course, was all about it being paranormal and got slightly excited. (laughs) His dad was convinced that the floors were unlevel and proceeded to secure all of the cabinets to the wall even better, just in case but the activity continued. Once, I was showering over there and knew that my guy had run to the store, so I was there all alone. I heard a slight knock on the bathroom door, and I assumed it was him letting me know that he'd gotten back. I opened the door, but I was still alone. Okay, whatever. But then footsteps down the hall started. Again, I'm all alone, and for some reason, I felt no threat by this. It almost felt residual, so I just went about my business. We went out that night, and on our way back into the house, I opened the screen door, and regular door, and entered no problem. When he started to step in, both doors slammed on him, trying to push him out. Oh. I immediately thought, the ghost must not like you. (laughs) This turned into a regular occurrence for him. He just dealt with it and went about his day. I had gotten a puppy during this time, and she would focus on one corner of the house. She never acted scared of it, but she would bark in that direction occasionally. One night... At about 2 a.m., my dog needed to go out. I begrudgingly got up to walk her, and once we hit the living room, she stopped dead in her tracks and just stood there frozen. She wasn't barking. She wasn't growling. She was just still. I looked in the living room to see the glow coming from her, quote, favorite corner. I looked in the corner to see an old man in overalls just looking at me. I stared back in disbelief. And again, I didn't feel threatened or even scared, just stunned. In a sweet old man, southern drawl, he said to me, girl, you know he ain't right for you. Oh? And he faded away. Oh, my God. Now, this old man wasn't telling me something I didn't already know, but <laughs> I never vocalized to anyone, really. He was a good guy, mind you, but he just wasn't for me. I couldn't get that image out of my mind for days, and on my next visit to his house, I finally had to talk with him. Whoa. We broke up and both ended up finding our future spouses shortly after. I'm thankful to that man because he gave me the reality of what I had been feeling. I drive by there occasionally, and one time I saw my ex's dad out in the yard and I stopped to say hello. I looked up at the living room window where I'd seen the old man so many years before, and I see him looking at me. <gasps> And I gave a slight wave. Oh, my God. Sorry for the long story, but it was just such a memorable moment for me and I needed to share it. Keep up the good work, ladies. And Sabrina, I will be watching your episode of Prodigal Son soon. See you on the other side. Keely.
1: Oh, my God. I have tears in my eyes. This is so sweet. (gasps) It's like good
0: old grandpa, you know, just like coming in and being like, oh, you know. Maybe he can't watch over his own granddaughters, but he can watch over whatever daughters enter that house and make sure, you know, they're good and taken care of and not settling for less than what they need. Yeah, it's so fatherly. I love it. so. Oh, it is so sweet. And then looking down on her after she stops by.
1: Ah! I know, and like giving a slight little
0: wave. I want to know more about this man. What a gentle soul. Yeah, he clearly was so nice because the dog had a favorite corner, which was where he was. So clearly, yeah. like,
1: he played with her. Oh, and I love that he he revealed himself to her and said, you know he ain't right for you. You know he ain't right for you, girl. girl. He said, girl, girl. I love this story so much. Oh, isn't it lovely? And not only because she likes my shows, but also because it's a sweet story. <laughs> but that doesn't hurt it doesn't hurt at all. Always nice to have
0: have a supporter in every area of your life. My goodness.
1: Seriously, podcast and work. That's amazing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Something else that's amazing is the support that we have for our hair through Function of Beauty.
1: Because we all know the frustration of bottles on bottles piling up in your bathroom, each one falsely promising a miracle solution that only ever kind of works. But with Function of Beauty, there is one shampoo and conditioner that can just truly do it All function of beauty individually formulates each and every one of its products based on your unique hair type, hair goals, and aesthetic preferences like color and fragrance, so that your hair gets exactly what it needs to look and feel its best.
0: You can choose between nine different colors, including
1: dye free, and
0: seven unique fragrances, including a fragrance free option if that's more up your alley. And the products are so personalized that even your name is printed on the bottle.
1: And they use safe and natural ingredients. They never use sulfates, parabens, phthalates, mineral oils, or any other harmful ingredients in any of its products. The sad reality is most major drugstore brands still test on animals, but Function of Beauty is 100% vegan and cruelty free. I recently had a relative ask me, she was like, okay, well, how do you really feel about Function of
0: Beauty? Because I know that they are one of the sponsors for your podcast. And I was like, you don't understand. It changed my hair for the better. <laughs> like it made it so shiny. And so soft that I'm obsessed with it. That's just the bottom line.
1: <laughs> yeah, you'll never go back to the normal, regular stuff.
0: And you guys can receive 20% off of your first order. To redeem, head to functionofbeauty.com forward slash TGOG and take the hair quiz. It ships to the US and many locations worldwide. Go to functionofbeauty.com
1: forward slash TGOG to get 20% off your custom formula. What am I going to read next? I'm going to read an email from Ann. And the subject line is, my university was a torture facility back in World War II. Oh, eye-catching title. Yeah. Hello, girls. My name is Anne. I'm from the Philippines, and I came upon your podcast two days ago. This is over a year and a half ago, so.
0: For anyone who's wondering if we read emails from a long time (laughs) ago, the answer (laughs) is yes. Always.
1: Always a mixture every episode. Yes. I really love listening to your podcast, even though I'm such a scaredy cat. Hey, we are too. I have some stories to tell about my previous university. My high school, under the same university but in a different location, was then the dumping site of the dead bodies who died by torture. Eek, I don't have much stories there though, but it's scary. Disclaimer, I have never seen or felt the presence of a ghost in my life. Sometimes I think I'm a ghost repellent or something, but the stories I'm going to tell you are told by my friends and professors who have seen them. And there's also one where one of my friends was targeted by an angry ghost right in front of my eyes. I'll save that one for last. I'll also change the names because I'm not comfortable sharing them since some of them have unique names. Just a little history on my university. My university was established in 1940 by American Jesuits. When the Japanese Imperial forces came in in December 1941, they imprisoned the Jesuits and took control over the university as a regional headquarter or something. A lot of people were raped, were killed, and went missing during their occupancy. And after the war in 1946, classes resumed. The first story I'm going to share is what we call the office ghost. My seniors say the office ghost is a little boy who just wants to play with us. One of my seniors was sitting on the floor reviewing a handout or something, and she was leaning against the sofa, and she felt someone poking her back. But her back was against the sofa. So it weirded her out, and she shrugged it off. My seniors also heard knocking coming from the room next door, which was just a storage area and is currently locked. Eek. The next instance we heard of the office ghost was when I was in the room alone. My friend Nathan went out when I came in, and he was just going to submit some documents to another office on the other side of the building. So I was left alone in the room, sitting on the sofa, and from where I was seated, I had a good view of the door, so I would know if someone came in. When each... When Nathan came back, he looked around confused. He asked me if someone came in after he left, and I said no. I was here the whole time alone. But he responded, saying, but when I was walking back, I saw someone come inside. Are you sure no one came in? I got spooked at this point and shrugged. Maybe it was the office ghost. The next, a friend told me about the office ghost, was when me and another friend, Julian, who can actually see ghosts, told me something was walking out of the office. Oh my God, Anne. What? Did you feel anything weird right now? Uh, no. Dude, a little boy just passed through your body. What? And I was like, what the fuck, Julian? Don't scare me like that. And Julian said, he's half your size and wearing a large button up. And I was like, dude, shh, stop telling me. To be honest, the office ghost is one of the more mild ghosts in the campus. Maybe he just wanted to play. Another ghost who likes to play is a little girl with full bangs who lives under one of the older buildings in the campus. That building is made of wood and is raised a few feet above the ground due to flooding issues. They say she lives underneath the building, tripping students who are walking to classrooms or sitting under the wooden stairs looking at passerbys. In one of the rooms on that wooden building, there's a headless Japanese soldier who likes to sit behind the class, or when classes are over, you can see him standing near the windowsill holding his head like an athlete holding a basketball. Oh, no. The next story I have happened in the Arupe building, where my department is. Some creepy facts about the building is that it was built around the 1990s, making it one of the youngest buildings we have. But when construction was going on, the workers found a lot of human bones. And I mean a lot of them. We're not sure if they were the bodies of tortured victims during World War II or killed Japanese soldiers after the war, Either way, it's really creepy, especially when we were in the building when we heard of it. The university asked to move the bones and gave them a proper burial, and the campus priest blessed the building site. I'm not sure if they buried the bones altogether like in one mosh pit or if they were buried individually. We're also not sure where they were buried. This other story happened back in October 2016. I was in a school event for student leaders, sort of like a team building activity, where we were staying overnight on the fourth floor of the Urupe building, because the fourth floor is the retreat center and there are bedrooms there. The story revolves around a fellow org mate named Mary, who is very sensitive to otherworldly entities. The main activities were over and we were just laying around in the retreat center's lobby. There were two hallways, one leading to the boys' bed and comfort rooms, and the other leading to the girls' bed and comfort rooms. It was nearing midnight then, but we were young and playful teenagers, so we continued telling stories and singing songs until midnight. One of us started to talk about the Arupe building's history and all of the spooky inhabitants that the building has. Then one of us suggested to play Flip the Cup, where we ask a yes or no question and we flip a plastic cup. If the cup falls down, it's a no. If it falls standing up, it's a yes. So we ask questions like Will I graduate this year? Or will I find love this semester? But there was a question that spooked all of us Will an entity make its presence to us tonight? The person asked the cup in the air, and it stood upright. We were all scared by that time, but we shrugged it off real fast because this was only a game of chance, and we were only joking when we suggested to ask it. At around 12.30 a.m., we all decided to go back to our rooms and prepare for bed. So me, Mary, two new friends, Jenny and Jamie, and another mate named Mark went to the girl's side of the building. Jamie pulled me aside because she wanted to tell me something. Mary, Jenny, and Mark continued on towards the girls' room to continue chatting. And after Jamie talked to me, we saw that there was a commotion going on at the end of the hallway. We went to check it out, and I want to describe what the hallway looks like for context. The hallway is like a balcony-type hallway, where on one side are the bedrooms, and the other side is a four-feet balcony railing. The end of the hallway leads to the stairs, but there is another balcony railing there. So Jamie and I walked towards the end of the hallway, and what we saw shocked and scared us and the other girls coming out of the bedrooms mary was stuck to the balcony railing jenny was helping her out mark was hiding behind one of the doors and i asked mark what had happened and he said mary just suddenly glided towards the end of the hallway like she was being pushed off the building so i'm scared but i'm also really concerned for mary i went to where she and jenny were and asked again what happened what happened i don't know i think something caught me. And I asked Mary if she could move. Mary said, I tried. The force keeps pulling me. I think it wants to pull me until I feel fall off the building. Let me remind you, we are on the fourth floor. So for the next 10 minutes, Jenny and I tried to push Mary out of the railing. It seems the force was grabbing her by her hips. So we tried to pull her back. Jenny tried to sandwich herself between Mary and the railing so we can at least push her both from the front and the back, but the force was really, really strong. Jenny was really squished, and she couldn't breathe while stuck in between. Eventually, one of the event heads came forward and asked what was going on. We tried to explain the situation because everyone was terrified at this point, even the boys, and no one was helping Mary except Jenny and I. Mary looks at me, and she's like, Anne, she's here. She's just behind the back door of the bedroom. I asked, what does she look like? She looks Japanese, like a 10-year-old. She's just standing there and everyone is passing through her. It's actually kind of funny. And I said, don't joke about it. This is serious. She's trying to hurt you. Mary said, yeah, but can you at least tell everyone else not to be scared? She's after me. She won't hurt anyone else. She's actually been stalking me for a few months now. What? And I was like, what? (laughs) Same reaction Corinne had. (laughs) And Mary's like, I don't know. Every time I see her, she's always angry at me somehow. Most of the time, I just faint when I see her. And it's true because Mary has been known to faint during classes. She jokes it off as having poor immune system. But she's now confessing in this moment that it was because of the spirit trying to contact her.
0: Oh, my gosh. It reminds me of It Follows when it just shows up, like, in the movie theater or, like, oh, outside yes. of the classroom.
1: <gasps> ooh. So Mary looks at the spirit and says, can you please leave me alone? I'll talk to you on Monday, okay? Can you just stop it now? Everyone is so scared of you. It's nearly 1 a.m. and everyone is freaking out. Mary's still stuck. And a fellow student leader contacted one of his psychic friends over the phone to ask for help. The other girls came out and tried to help Mary too. We pulled her back, and she was gaining ground. We pulled and pulled and pulled until we passed the comfort room. We pulled and pulled until we were inside the bedroom, and yet the force was still trying to pull her back to the balcony. She was still stuck, but at least she was stuck inside the bedroom. At this point, members from the prayer organization started to pray the rosary with Mary, while me and Jenny talked to the other student leader and asked for an update from his psychic friend. He said the Japanese girl is attached to Mary because she looks like her sister and she wants Mary to go with her because the ghost couldn't move on. He also advised Mary to wear red clothing and ask for a coin from Mary's wallet. I don't know what the psychic did to the coin, but his friend gave another update that the Japanese girl ghost was with him now and they were talking. When he said that, Mary was finally released from the wall that she was stuck on and her back was terribly sore. We never got another update from the psychic friend after that. But Mary was fine. Remembering this made me feel scared again, and I hope you enjoyed the stories, even though they're not all spooky except maybe the last part. Feel free to share them on the podcast and ask questions. I'd love to hear from you. More power to you, and I wish you a good day. Love, Anne.
0: Why does this have to be so scary?
1: (laughs) Oh, my goodness. But the, like... The idea that this ghost thought that she looked like her sister and couldn't let go of her because the entity couldn't move on without her sister, so she wanted Mary to go with her.
0: I know. That's so messed up. It kind of reminds me of the movie Mama a little bit.
1: Oh, I haven't seen it. Oh,
0: you should watch it. Okay. Yeah, but there's just (sighs) – that part's creepy. And then – this is in the same building as the, the when the little boy went through her or or is this different?
1: I think it's a different building.
0: Her office versus her university, right?
1: Yeah, the office versus the Arupe building and I think the Arupe building is the one where all the bodies were found.
0: That, and and it makes me wonder like how long this girl has stuck around for. Like when did she pass yeah. away? Did she only did she pass away a really long time ago and she's just been waiting for someone who looks like her sister?
1: Like her sister? Yeah, I don't
0: know. This is also like, what is that? The Monster House with Eddie Murphy? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Those are all nicer movies than
1: this because this is reality that's actually happened. Right. I mean, the idea that the spirit was like trying to push her over the balcony is really terrifying.
0: And what did the spirit think? That once she's on equal playing ground, she's going to be like, sure, let's go to- over together and live a happy afterlife. Like, no, right. you just
1: killed me. Also, my sister doesn't listen to this podcast, but I'm going to make sure to tell her that like if she dies, move on without me. I'll yeah, find her later.
0: Yeah. See you later. Smell you later.
1: Yeah. I mean, she can come haunt me for a little bit because I'll be very sad and I'll want to see her. But like, don't try to kill me. No, it's not the right answer. No.
0: Oh, that's so scary for everyone who's just trying to help this person, like pull her away from this woman away from the balcony. And yet. Yeah. Yeah. There's a force, and then she's like, oh, she's here. Yeah, I mean, Mary seemed, like, so casual about it, though. She was just like, it's fine. Just tell everyone to
1: stop being so scared. Yeah, Mary, this would have been great information at the beginning of the night. (laughs) Especially when they asked the question of, will a ghost come visit us? Oh, good. They basically gave her ghost permission. It's my turn, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Do I have permission? You do. This is... Oh, here's one. It's called Even Ghosts Celebrate New Year's, which is perfect because we're not going to have another Encounters episode until after the new year. So, Oh, fun. We have a little New Year's story. I love when ghosts celebrate things. Birthday parties, New Year's, Christmas, whatever. Halloween, yeah. Do your thing. Do your thing. Hi, ladies. Oh, this is from Lulu. Great. Hi, ladies. I hope you both are doing well. I'll get right to the story as it's a little long. Growing up, all of the houses on my grandma's street were the same duplexes with porches on the top and bottom, except for this one house that was all brick and pushed farther away from the tiny red brick road than any other house. As kids, we were all kind of scared of this house, but also very curious. When I was about 12 years old, the house went up for sale and my uncle and his new wife decided to purchase it. Mm -hmm. The first time I went into the house, I figured that That it was used as some kind of group home or school because everything was labeled and I remember feeling really uneasy. I would go over and visit my aunt and have lunch. On one visit, I remember sitting at the table and having lunch and the bathroom faucet turned on full force. Mm -hmm. My aunt, it seemed, thought nothing of it and went and shut it off. My aunt had told my mom that my uncle had thought that there were kids in the house. He even got up and saw the kids and chased them to the basement. But when he got to the basement, they were just gone. Oh. One year on New Year's Eve, my aunt and uncle asked me to babysit. And even though I knew I was scared, I was so happy that they trusted me with their new baby. At first, everything was fine. I fed, changed, and put the baby down for the night. I sat cross-legged on the floor to watch a movie. And out of the corner of my eye, I saw someone. (laughs) I was terrified, but I turned my head to see what it was. And there was a small girl, maybe seven or eight years old, sitting on the floor. Next to me. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I have chills. I was so terrified that I got up and I ran to the spare bedroom and I hid under the covers for quite a while until I heard the baby and had to go get up and take care of her. I got the baby back down and decided maybe I was overreacting. But just as it turned midnight and the new year started, it was like the entire upstairs of the house came alive. Oh my gosh. There was banging sounds and what sounded like a party going on up there. I ran back to the spare room and I got under the covers and I stayed there until they came home. Yes, I refused to spend the night there. Even though it was very late, I insisted that my uncle take me home. Fast forward to when I was about 22 years old and going through a really tough time in my life. My parents rented the house right behind my uncle's, and sadly, they went through a terrible divorce and ended up selling the house. Anyway, I was out on the back deck of my mom's apartment, and I was crying, wondering how I was going to get through what was happening, and I looked up, and four little girls were looking at me from the window of the house. (gasps) All I could do was stare at them. It looked like all of the edges of their clothes were burned. Oh my gosh. I called for my mom and I turned to look and see if she was coming out, but when I turned back, they were gone. The house is in Cleveland, Ohio. Sadly, the neighborhood looks nothing like it did 20 years ago when I lived there. See you on the other side, Lulu. Whoa.
1: I wonder if there's any record of a house or property in that location that did burn down.
0: I know. I want to Google. I'm trying to Google it. (laughs) Oh my gosh, but okay, so I understand feeling so creeped out in the moment because you're turning and there's a little child sitting next to you. That's so mm-hmm. creepy So creepy. when you're not prepared for it. But then also there's something about just like being so sad and crying and looking down to the house and just seeing like little, little kids looking up at you being like, oh no, she's sad. I know. It makes me think that, you know, they're just good little spirits that are all still there and they're all probably siblings and so they have each other and so they've never really thought to move on or maybe know how to
1: and i loved as scary as it is to realize the guffs is sitting next to you it really does feel very sisterly to sit next to your sister and watch a movie
0: yeah and little kids just want to be close to you you know yeah like they want to be sitting on your lap they want to be right next to you they want to hold your hand and guide you down the hallway as you like Mm -hmm. play hide and seek so it, it makes sense
1: and I wonder, OK, granted, we don't know any of the history, but if there are four little girls, they're probably sisters. And I bet one of them is kind of the the older sister trying to protect them, giving them some semblance of like organization or understanding of their life in the like chaos that death is. And it might be confusing for them. And so this older sister planning to do a New Year's Eve party because that's what they did in life and, and giving them some normalcy is really, really sweet.
0: Mm hmm. Aww.
1: But also very sad because it's like, well, where are their parents? What happened to them? Uh, I just want to know.
0: I know. Side note Cleveland, Ohio, I was watching My Lottery Dream House. Yeah. <laughs> that's the show I was watching. Yeah, of course. And someone won the lottery like a million dollars in Cleveland, Ohio. And I learned through watching the show that you can get like a four or five bedroom home, 2,500 square feet for like $120,000.
1: So we're living in the wrong states.
0: Yes.
1: Let's all move to Cleveland. Okay. I mean, I don't know, but maybe. (laughs) Maybe
0: If if you really need a house, you can move to Cleveland. I've never been to Ohio.
1: I'm open to seeing what it's like. I guess I'll be fine no matter what, as long as I have an address that my FabFitFun boxes can get delivered to.
0: And the 2019 FabFitFun winter boxes is on sale. Mm-hmm.
1: FabFitFun
0: is a women's lifestyle subscription box filled with full-size premium beauty, lifestyle, fitness, home, and wellness products sent straight to your doorstep each season. They take the hassle out of shopping by doing it for you, and each box is customized to your specific interests and they just deliver the seasonal must-haves that you so need and want
1: and the boxes always sell out fast so sign up for yours today Honestly, when I got my winter box this year, it was like Christmas morning. I opened it up and I found that they sent the Rebecca Minkoff little hat with the poop. Oh, the hat. Yes. And the gloves. Oh, I saw that. And I have worn them so many times. Like I tried not to take them off. I didn't get that, but I got the unhide little marshmallow throw. It's like a a faux fur
0: blanket throw. Oh my gosh. Holy crap it's on me right now actually i have not lived without this thing i love it so much that oh, i'm praying my mom doesn't listen to this episode before christmas <laughs> in a couple days but i got her one too because i was obsessed with it so oh, i looked it up and amazing. bought one
1: <laughs> fabfitfun is a seasonal subscription box with full-size beauty fitness fashion and lifestyle products it retails for 49.99 but always has a value of over 200 so if you guys want to get 10 dollars off your first box Use the coupon code TGOG at www.fabfitfun.com.
0: Again, use coupon code TGOG for $10 off of your first box at www.fabfitfun.com.
1: Okay, I'm going to read. Okay, this is from Jess. It's called 10 Years Apart, Same ghost. Hey my beautiful ladies, first off, I really love your podcast, I've binged all the episodes over the last several months, and like many others have said, I always feel like I'm hanging out with friends when I'm listening. I grew up in a spiritually active home, even having friends that refuse to stay over. But my ghost story I want to share with you today does not take place in that house. Rather, it is something that I have experienced in middle school that again came up in my life when I was in my mid-twenties. It is called The Lady in the Window. When I was in 8th grade, my mother and I went to go look at houses as we were moving out of my aforementioned spiritually active childhood home. We arrived at this Victorian home on the other side of town, which was gorgeous in all of its details, albeit a little rundown. I wandered around the house while my mother chatted with the agent, and even in my teenage mind, I could tell that someone really loved this house. Each room had elaborate wallpaper or paint detail, and all the gaudy matching window treatments were still hanging up. It didn't give me an uncomfortable or scared feeling, rather I remember that even though the house was empty, it made you feel both welcomed and, well, kinda sad. The main living room of this house had two windows that overlooked the front yard and street, and featured the only piece of furniture in the whole house, which was a solitary wooden rocking chair by one of the windows. I thought it was strange when we arrived, but I didn't really think too much of it until I walked back into that room to leave. I looked up and could clearly see an old woman sitting in that rocking chair, looking out the window. Now, when I say I could clearly see her, I don't exactly mean she was right there in front of me. It was more in my mind's eye that I had the perfect image of her, down to the knit blanket on her lap. Having grown up in a spiritually active home with a mother who was totally open about these things, it didn't alarm me. Rather, I assumed it was my brain generating an image to account for the feelings of both love and sadness that I felt in the home. I thought to myself, oh yeah, that makes sense. I bet she really loved it here and was sad to leave. However, I could only think it was just my brain for a couple of minutes because as soon as we got into the car, my mother turned to me and said, did you see the older woman in the chair? When I told her I did, she just casually said, she seems nice. And then we didn't talk about it anymore. (laughs) Just another regular day house hunting. This story lay dormant in my mind, being nothing too interesting until over 10 years later when I was in my mid-20s. I was dating a guy at the time, his name was Erin, whose sister happened to live a couple blocks from this house. When we passed it, I immediately recognized and hurriedly told Aaron the Cliff Notes version of the story before we walked into her house. I saw the clear look of disbelief in his eyes, but it didn't bother me because, well, he didn't see it, and I never expect anyone to believe something they haven't experienced. Later that afternoon, we took a walk down the river with his sister, brother, and all their kids. His brother has a son named Henry he who is autistic and was about seven or eight at the time. He was verbal and exceptionally smart, but would get easily overwhelmed. In new or busy loud situations and sometimes start to yell and thrash or even try to hurt himself. As we were walking by this house and a big group on the sidewalk, Henry looks up at it without stopping or missing a beat and says, There's a lady in that house. Immediately, Aaron looks over at me with his eyes wide as can be and I could see he was pretty freaked out. But we didn't say anything. Now, you should also know that the house had a for sale sign posted, and it was very clearly empty, looking even more rundown than the last time I saw it. Naturally, the family didn't think anything of Henry's comment, and his uncle, another of Aaron's brothers that was there, said back, I don't think so, buddy. It looks like no one lives there. At this point, Henry stops walking and gets pretty agitated, yelling back at his uncle, There is a lady in there. I saw her. There's a lady in there. He didn't want him to have a total meltdown there on the street, so he just told him it was okay and encouraged him to keep walking down the river so he could catch frogs, which was one of his favorite hobbies. We played in the river until it started to get dark and then headed back along the same route. Walking past the house this time, Henry kept his head down and did an adorable yet mildly creepy speed walk, only turning his head very slightly to catch the house out of the corner of his eye for a second. He looked frightened, but didn't say anything about it on the walk back. He seemed fine by the time we got back to the house. But later on that night, the story took on a whole other inexplicable element that would solidify it in my head forever. Being a family event in Wisconsin, we were all drinking pretty steadily, and I had quite the buzz on by the time it was very dark out, and Henry grabbed my hand and said, Let's go outside and look for nocturnal frogs. He had sold me at his intelligent use of nocturnal, and I was pleased that he was speaking to me as it was either the first or second time I had met him. So I obliged. When we got out there, there were a few more people sitting out on the patio smoking, and Henry just took a quick lap around the perimeter of the yard, not really looking for anything. And then he said he wanted to go back in. Okay, kid, no problem. Maybe 15 minutes or so later, he says again, Let's go look for nocturnal frogs and starts pulling me outside. The family's giving me an apologetic look that he's trying to take up so much of my attention, but as I mentioned, I truly didn't mind and even was flattered. This time we get outside and there's no one smoking on the patio. He continues pulling me to the middle of the yard and looks right into my eyes and says with so much fear in his eyes, you have to get her. At this point, I'm drunk and terrified, so I pretend to play dumb and ask Henry, who are you talking about? Henry looks at me and says, The lady! He practically screeches back, The lady! She's scary and you have to get her! Still shaking, I squat down to him at eye level and ask, Are you talking about the lady you saw in the house? He shakes his head yes and covers his eyes like he could see her in his head upon my mention. Still florid, I ask, Was she sitting in a chair in the window? He nods again and in case I wasn't sure enough, he says, trembling, rocking now mind you i want to run away screaming at this point but i could totally empathize with this child who was scared i told him that the lady was not mean that she was just a nice old lady but he still looked very frightened i know this child is wise way beyond his years so i asked him do you think she just scared you because you didn't expect to see her in there at this point he takes his hands off his eyes and considers it and nods again I continued to assure him that the lady wasn't mean, but that yeah, it would be pretty scary to see a lady in a house that looks empty. But as soon as I said empty, he got upset again and said, it's not empty. After more confirmation of, yes, you're right, Henry, it's not empty, I promise you she's not a mean lady, but I'm sorry she scared you like that. He asks me again, you'll get her? I replied, nah, let's leave her there, I think she's happy in that house. And to my surprise, he smiles the biggest, purest smile and says, okay and runs back into the house needless to say i stood there for a couple more minutes in shock before going inside i still consider it one of the coolest things to ever happen to me the fact that this child somehow knew i was the one to express his concerns to and concocted a plan to get me by myself so he could tell me just blows my mind aaron and i are no longer together but many years later i still think about henry and wonder how he's doing and if he still sees ghosts I hope you enjoyed my story. If your show ever brings you to Wisconsin, or heck, I'd travel to Chicago to see you guys. You'll have at least one friend there in me. Now I have to wait for new episodes. I look forward to them even more. Keep on being awesome and doing the awesome job you are and normalizing cool paranormal events like this one. See you on the other side, Jess. Whoa. Okay. This is so interesting because when she had been there with
0: her mom, right? It was her mom that was in the house. Yeah. And they were like, oh, she seems nice. Like, didn't really get super awful vibes and yet the little boy was like she's bad
1: yeah but it's interesting because like jess explained like to henry she was like do you think maybe it it scared you because you didn't expect to see her true true true.
0: but also i wonder if he was just saying that to be agreeable you know like it's hard to tell with little
1: kids right right but i mean i don't know there's something about the the something that we talk about a lot is that like a lot of ghosts aren't bad or scary but just The idea of seeing something that's in your home, somewhere you feel like a stranger shouldn't be, is the scary aspect of the ghost.
0: Would you think that it was a ghost, though? Like, as a little kid, would you understand that? Or would you just think that there was an old lady in her rocking chair in this house that you're passing by?
1: Yeah, I guess. I don't know. But then then for him to understand that, and to know in his mind that Jess is the person who saw her as well and Jess is the person he needs to talk to about it is really interesting. I know. That's that's weird. That's super cool. It's almost like that woman was giving Henry a message trying to say to Jess, like maybe the woman really liked Jess and her mom 10 years prior. Yeah,
0: I wanted wanted them to move in.
1: Yeah. That's why he was saying, you'll get her, right? Because it's like, you'll go buy the house, right?
0: True. I wonder if this old lady is just watching over her house and not moving on until she feels comfortable with the people who own the home.
1: Oh, that's so interesting.
0: She wants Jess to own the home. (gasps) And that's why she was like, no, please come back.
1: Jess, are you in the market?
0: Are you in the market? Do you live in Cleveland, Ohio? (laughs) Man. Oh, chills. Okay. All right. What do you have? This is called Dead Squirrels and a Demon in a Cabin. Whoa, that is a catchy title. (laughs) Thank you, Justin. Hello, Sabrina and Corinne. As an avid fan of all things horror, especially ghosts and hauntings, I was excited when I recently found your podcast. One of your recent discussions reminded me of the best time of my life and one of the most terrifying things that happened to me, and I wanted to share it with you. I was listening to one of your recent Encounters episodes, number 20 to be precise, where you discussed the abundance of dead squirrels lining the road. I can't explain why there were so many dead rodents, but the term dead squirrel has always had a different meaning to me. So to hear you say the road was littered with them sent me into hysterics. When I was in college, I spent the summers working at a camp in northern Michigan. At this camp, I worked primarily with first through third graders. Obviously, these kids were very young, and sleeping away at camp for an entire week can be scary. And these kids didn't always have complete control of their bladders yet. Kids wetting the bed was almost a daily occurrence. Since we didn't want to embarrass the kids, we referred to these incidents as dead squirrels. <laughs> Every morning, one or two of the counselors in the cabin would say, Take the kids to breakfast while the others would stay behind and check the cabin for dead squirrels. In the event that a dead squirrel was found, we would call in the camp directors and they would take all of the kids' clothes and bedding to the on-site laundry facility and once they were clean they'd be returned to the child's bunk before afternoon nap time they were none the wiser Mm -hmm. so as you were discussing dead squirrels all I could think of was soiled sleeping bags (laughs) and pajamas lining the road suffice oh my gosh suffice it to say i got a good chuckle that's really funny anyway It was also at this camp that I had to run in with a demon in a cabin that I was staying in that particular week. Oh. These cabins were called the treehouses because they were set back among the trees and built on stilts, so they felt like an actual treehouse. There was also a large outer deck that connected all of the cabins, so when kids were running around and playing, the cabins would shake slightly, enough to where you would feel it. One night at about 2 or 3 a.m., I woke up to hear one of my kids whimpering very softly. Oh. I was exhausted and wanted to go back to sleep, but my camp counselor duty kicked in and I got up and I went to his bunk. I shook him gently and I asked him what was wrong. He rolled over to look at me, tears rolling down his cheeks, and he whispered, It won't let me sleep. (gasps) Now, at this moment, I just wanted to nope the fuck out of there, but (laughs) I had to stay cool and collected for the sake of this kid, even though I was scared shitless at this point. Yep. What do you mean? I asked, It won't let me sleep he repeated, a little more frantic this time. I told him I couldn't help him if he didn't tell me what was wrong, so I started asking if he was homesick or if he was having a bad dream or what, but all he could muster is, it won't let me sleep. Finally, he gave me a little more info. I keep dreaming that the man is killing me and my family. No. At this point, I switched from fear to straight-up anger. How dare this bitch-ass demon come up (laughs) all in this cabin and terrorize one of my kids? Of course, I couldn't say that to this kid, so instead I asked if he would like to pray about it. Initially, he said no, but when I told him that I pray when I get scared, he agreed. So I grabbed his hand and I prayed to God that he would watch over him when he slept, that he wouldn't be scared, and that he would enjoy the rest of his week at camp. After our prayer, he rolled over and instantly went back to sleep. Meanwhile, I went back to my bunk and instantly began rebuking the shit out of whatever demon decided it was wise to invade our cabin. I'm talking full on preacher mode. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, I command whatever it is in the cabin to get out. You are not welcome here. (laughs) Of course, I didn't say this out loud, but it was effective. As soon as I had finished yelling all of this in my mind, the cabin started shaking as if someone were booking it from our cabin across the deck and back into the woods. Oh, as I said, it was about two or three in the morning and everyone else in my cabin, as well as all of the other cabins were all fast asleep. We didn't have any more problems that week. It was definitely the most terrifying thing I've encountered, and I still tell this story at campfires from time to time when I want to give people a good spook. Thought you two would appreciate this story as much as I enjoy telling it. Thanks for all the great stories, Justin.
1: Um, okay, that poor child who is dreaming of a man killing his family and him. That's horrible. I know. I know, because at first I was thinking like If
0: it was just that, taken out of context, like no shaking or like anything else, I feel like sometimes when kids, especially if they're away from home and they have anxiety about being away from family, maybe they're having like anxious dreams of where their families are like they can't get
1: to their family. Right. But the he won't let me sleep. The man won't let me sleep. Yeah. He was awake.
0: He Yeah. He pinpointed who it was that wouldn't let him sleep. Yeah. And the fact that Justin felt someone running from him. This starting at his cabin across the deck.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's so unsettling.
0: It's so unsettling. And it's like,
1: why does it have to happen out in the middle of the woods in a cabin? I
0: know. And with a bunch of first through third graders, like leave them alone.
1: They're already soiling their beds. Yeah, they're nervous. They're away from family. (laughs) The squirrels. The squirrels, dead squirrels,
0: just pea soaked pajamas and sleeping Aww. bags littering all of the highways. I love that they just clean it up and don't say anything so that the kids can just like continue on and, and try to have a good day.
1: Because I think it's also an embarrassing thing for kids to have to admit when they're with a bunch of strangers, so they don't want to. For sure. That's a very sweet thing of them to to do.
0: Very, very sweet. You know what else is sweet? What? Laying in our Brooklyn and sheets.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Founded in early 2014 by husband and wife Vicky and Rich Fulop, they wanted to find beautiful home essentials that didn't cost an arm and a leg with the mission of making you feel comfortable. So that's why they created Brooklinen, which is the first DTC bedding company, meaning they work directly with manufacturers and directly with customers, no middlemen, just a great product and service.
1: And they've moved beyond the bedroom to offer essentials for your bathroom, like towels, shower curtains, and bath mats. And even launched ultra soft loungewear that makes you feel like you've never left bed, which is my dream. I was looking on the website and everything looks so soft and cozy. Oh, yeah. And the sheets, you and I both have them. We love them. They are so soft and smooth. They really have like this crisp butter feel to it.
0: I feel like if you really wanted to craft the most luxurious guest bedroom, you could Get the sheets and then the towels and really impress. Maybe even throw in a couple robes. Oh. Just give that like luxury stay
1: to your guests. Wow. I wanna stay at your guest room.
0: If you like softness, comfort, essentials to help you relax, then Brooklinen has it all. Right now, brooklinen.com is having their days of gifting where each day they have promotions on a different surprise item. Brooklinen is so confident in their product that all of their sheets, comforters, and towels come with a lifetime warranty.
1: The only way to get access to Brooklinen's Day of Gifting event and free shipping is to go to brooklinen.com, that's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N dot com. And if you're just hearing this and it's after the holiday season, you can still use the promo code T G-O-G at com for 10% off and free shipping anytime. Brooklyn and everything you need to live your most comfortable life. Okay, I saved the scariest for the last. Okay, I saved the scariest for the last. Okay, I saved the scariest for the last. Okay. Eek. Okay, I don't even want to read the sub- subject line, but it's from Megan. Hi, ghostesses. I've been binge listening to the podcast, and two topics stuck out to me. One, the first mention of Zozo, and two, the creepy children encounters. Boy, do I have a story for you. My fiancé has a three-year-old brother who has been talking about ghosts since he could make sentences. He named a specific ghost Vuvu, Javu. And upon listening to the Zozo story in one of the earlier episodes, I realized that the name rang oddly familiar. I paused the sound on my phone and quickly texted my mother-in-law to ask what Jonah's ghost's name was. The name seemed very close in sound, and like I said, he named this ghost when he was a baby, so I wonder if he could have mispronounced the name. Anyway, here are some stories that have happened over the span of five years, most happening with the past couple of months. When first moving into this house, my brother-in-law, 14 at the time, was locked into the little sunroom office nook twice when no one else was downstairs. I'll add that this Addition has glass panel front doors that have two locks, a knob lock and a sliding bar lock. Both were locked. My fiancé often heard noises and knocks creaking in his room, and when he moved out, his brother that got locked in the office took over his room and has since experienced sleep paralysis on many occasions and often hears things. When Jonah came along, the three-year-old, they turned the office-slash-sunroom into his bedroom and we have the baby video monitor on, and we see a white mass coming in and out of the frame in no pattern. We can see car headlights in the video, but they do not match the mass in the video. While playing in the playroom, Jonah looks up out of nowhere and says, Mommy, the ghost is here, and he's real mad. The man in Mad, but the boy is nice. Jonah woke up screaming because he said he saw a scary lady in front of his eyes when he woke up and slept holding hands with their mom for a week straight. When my son Beckham was only a few months old, I was rocking him in the rocking chair when out of nowhere, a very thick glass light fixture mounted to the wall, flew off the wall, and smashed on the ground. I never screamed so loud. This past week, my son had a weird episode where he cried for six hours straight. Concerning because my son never cries i figured he was probably just teething and i tried to soothe him the best i could but once it got to bedtime i laid him in bed to see if he could cry out and he didn't my fiance got home from school and decided to take him to the hospital because he wasn't acting himself i had work in the morning and couldn't miss any more hours so i stayed home he called me at one thirty and begged me to come to the hospital because he was still crying and screaming and he was so scared because he honestly didn't think it was our son I got to the hospital, and he ended up taking a 30-minute nap and woke up completely fine and happy when he woke up around 2.15 or 2.30. We were discharged and got home at exactly 3 a.m., and I joked that the demons wanted him home in time for the witching hour, but slightly serious. The next day, my mother-in-law told me that when she sat with him for a minute before Patrick took him to the hospital— He would scream when they walked towards Jonah's room. And whenever he'd look over towards the room, he'd tense up and look like he was about to have a seizure. Oh. We've banned ghost talk in the house since then. Love, Megan. Wow. What do you think it is? I don't know, but it's something dark. Because for Jonah and her baby to have such visceral reactions to some entity. Right. And Jonah said, the man bad, he angry.
0: But the little boy is fine. Who's Who's the boy?
1: I wonder if Jonah, well, depending on the timeline, but did Jonah see and meet the spirit of Megan's son before he was born?
0: Oh my goodness. So, do you think that the bad man, the dark spirit, is attached to their family
1: because of their little baby boy? Or is it just an entity that's in the house because it seems like there's some weird darkness that's been there?
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. That's scary. So scary. Well, I hope it's I, not Zozo. As much as I like talking about ghosts, and I th- I think it's fun for little kids, too, as well, sometimes, you know, you do got to ban certain conversations. Yeah. All right. What are you going to end us with? I will end us with an email from Heidi. It's labeled, titled, A Nightmare Built for Two. Ooh. Greetings, ghostesses. Let me start by thanking you for being the bright spot in my day. Thanks. <laughs> Discovering this podcast was the best thing ever. Sabrina, I swear you're my sister from another mister. <laughs> I too am a writer, cat lover, and Harry Potter fanatic with a major oh. crush on Malfoy. So <laughs> much so that I've spent a significant chunk of my life
1: writing fan fiction. Oh my god, I need to read this. Please <laughs> send, send to Sabrina. And Corinne,
0: you remind me so much of my bubbly bestie. I just adore you both. Oh. I wanted to share a spooky experience I had around age 20. Now, I'm a born and raised city girl where neighbors are right on top of you and traffic can be heard all night. So when my boyfriend and I rented a house in a wooded area, we were both totally out of our element.
1: My gosh.
0: Now, I'm not easily spooked. I worked as an actor in a haunted house where I started dating said boyfriend, now husband. We need to know more about that. So is that where? uh, Yes, I need to know everything. (laughs) Give Sabrina Fan Fiction and give me a very detailed report of your dating life. I'll take both. (laughs) Cemeteries are my happy place and I'm not fazed by attics or basements. Yet something about that house in particular often bothered me. I blamed it on the lack of cell service and the fact that nights in the country where the windows are pitch black and all you can hear is frogs was unsettling to a city girl like me. Mm-hmm. There was one bedroom in the house that for some reason neither of us liked at all. The window in that room was covered with a piece of plywood, even though the glass wasn't broken or anything. Oh. But we just didn't like it and just used it for storage, always keeping the door closed. Our bedroom was right next to it. One night, he and I woke up at the exact same time from the same nightmare, for that matter. The details were vague then and are even foggier all of the years later, but what we knew for sure was that we both dreamed about being in that room. And that something humanish or man-like was there with us. No. And was violently trying to harm us. Well, kill us, actually. No! The sense of danger and distress was so intense in the dream for both of us, we could not shake it off. We were so uneasy that even though the sun wasn't up yet, we decided to leave the house. It was several hours until my shift started, so I grabbed my work uniform and toothbrush, and in our sleep clothes, we drove 15 minutes into town. Luckily for us, back then, our McDonald's drive-thru was open 24-7 in the summer, (laughs) so we got breakfast and we waited for the sun to come up. As if this isolated event wasn't creepy enough, that's not the whole story. When it was finally time for my shift at work, I was paired up with a girl who was only slightly newer than me. We were roughly the same age and making small talk. I told her where I'd recently moved to just outside of town, and she said, oh, I lived out there growing up so I followed up by telling her what road I was on, to which she responded, no way, that's where we lived too. Oh my gosh. So then I told her roughly how far up the road we were, and she got a funny look on her face as I described our house and cut me off to finish my sentence. With a big bay window? Mm-hmm. She said, yeah. I responded, you know it? That was my house. She no. said, giving me the address number for confirmation. What are the chances? I mean, really, it, it had been such a weird day already. I decided to take it further. Did you like it out there? I asked. <laughs> well, she said, not really. That house always kind of freaked me out, and I hated my bedroom, she mm-hmm. said. Already knowing the answer, I asked which room was hers. Sure enough, she said it was the very same room my boyfriend and I hated and had dreamt about. Oh? I tried to play it cool, considering I was on the clock, but on the inside, I was freaking out. I confided that it creeped me out too, so she wouldn't feel weird. And then I asked what about it bothered her. Well, at night I used to think I saw someone outside of my window looking in, like a man or something. At this point, I was ready to faint. That window faces nothing but woods, and the neighboring houses on either side are a solid hundred feet away at least. So, I asked, That's why you boarded it up? She looked confused and said she didn't board it up guess that means the person who lived there between the two of us saw something outside of that window that freaked them out, too. Whoa. That road leads right into the National Forest named after the tribe of Native Americans that used to populate our area. So even though the house is fairly new with no real history, I wonder if it had something to do with the land on which it was built. Anyway, we don't live there anymore, and (laughs) I couldn't be happier about it.
1: Wow. (laughs) Stay spooky, gals. Heidi. Um, okay, I can't, the fact that the person that she was working with lived in that same room in that same house, and she met her the day that she had that nightmare is so surreal. It makes me wonder, yeah, that's a really weird
0: coincidence. And it's like the universe coming together to be like, you need to get out. This is bad. But it also makes me wonder, okay, so she, this girl who was her coworker. Had experiences when she was there, but felt like someone was watching her at the window. And then clearly, the person who lived there between them felt it so strongly that they boarded up the window so that no one could look out. Yeah. And then her Heidi and her boyfriend, now husband, had such awful dreams. I wonder if it was like just escalating, like the energy <gasps> of the presence just like
1: mm-hmm. got
0: stronger and stronger and stronger as more people feared it because people's reactions were stronger. Like Heidi could have just right. I mean, Heidi's coworker could have just like pulled the shade or something, just like was creeped out because she felt like something watched her. But the person after that felt the need to block out, to like literally board up whatever it was to keep, keep it out. And then Heidi and her husband were basically almost murdered in their dreams.
1: Yeah. Like, oh, God, what is with scary entities giving you dreams of murdering you and your family? I don't know. It's messed up. Oh, my God. I'm so glad they moved out of that house. And me I really, too. Oh God, but I hate to think that someone else is living in that house. I don't. I know. Like, I don't want anyone uh, else to be terrorized by it, though. Maybe there's no one there. Like it's the makings of – it's almost the makings of um, the haunting of Connecticut house. Mm-hmm. And also so – I don't know. It gives me weird – weird. Um, what's that house in – Um, is it Connecticut? It's a different house where – there was like a whole family that was murdered. The Conjuring? No, no, no. You did it on our podcast. I don't know. You know, my brain doesn't function when we record at 9 p.m. <laughs> Mine either. Just someone done. scream it to me. Someone email us. Yeah. who? I don't know. Leslie Borden? No, there was a house that we talked about that had a lot of hauntings. And then someone in the family like murdered the family.
0: Oh, the, um, what? Oh, <laughs> oh, my God. I know what you're talking about.
1: I feel like I'm I'm letting myself down so so. Me much too.
0: Right now. <laughs> you know, I always have a fear of people coming up to us, and it's happened a few times where they're like, "Oh," and they start bringing up something that we talked about, some case that we clearly did research on and talked enough about it that we could record an episode, mm-hmm. and yet it just completely is erased from my mind. I'm like, I have no idea, and they're like, "You covered it." I'm like, "Did
1: I?" You teach but me now. Also, okay. At this point, now we've done 116 episodes. Yeah, I don't. I
0: still remember the lyrics to songs from the 90s, but I don't remember what we covered or
1: anything about any of the topics. Oh, my God. The person next to me is banging a lot on their ba- balcony. So I apologize. No one does. I don't know what's happening out there.
0: Yeah, I think it's time to wrap it up. my I can hear my roommate shuffling about as well. So perhaps we say goodbye. But before doing so, goodbye. Farewell we want to say thank you
1: to our <laughs> to patreon you.
0: donors
1: yes we wanted to say thank you to our to our devil our insomniacs our patreon donors we couldn't do this without you so thank you so much to luann haley allison christopher maria kat jess tom empowerment ensemble yamali Joanna, antoinette for wine brian dana ashley Diamond, William, Charmaine, Elizabeth, Cheyenne, Gareth,
0: Wednesday, Zombie, Samantha, Taylor, Vanessa, Lindsay, Allison, Ricky, Hannah, Katie, Susie, Brittany, Sleeping Cat, 1729, Melissa, Erica, Sonali, Rogelio, Deborah, Jess, Brittany, Aubrey, Kevin, Teresa, Gabrielle, Angela, Amanda, Sarah, Summer, Rosie, Sam, Zyra, Sarah, Taryn.
1: Richard, Andrew, Rosanna, A.K. Flossie, Allison, Dharma, Jason, Jamie, Katie, Brianna, Rose, Corinne, Rachel, Jenna, Mary, Sarah, Stacy, Ashley, Grace, Sarah, Emma, Lorraine, Midnight Frost, Elena, Noelle, Gale, Rebecca, Marie, Elizabeth, Madeline, Chris, Shelby, Nikki,
0: Gory Laurie, The Horror Story, Draco, <laughs> Draco Malfoy, mm. Carmen, Jordan, Brenna, Trista, Stevie, Stephanie, Micah, Tara, Darren, Taylor, Victoria, Lillian, Victor, Koala, Ash, Buffalo, Phil, Jamie, Kimberly, Karina,
1: Ramiro, Juliet, Andrea, Barbara, Sarah, Shelby, Kaylee's Thirsty, Erin, Jennifer, Jillian, Stephanie, Jen, Erica, Marie, Eve, Nicolette, Amanda, Andrea, Tanya, Doxon, Donna, Nadia, Brittany, Inaki, Liana, Jennifer, Holly, Corey, and Lane, Sam, Betsy, Alejandro, Kay, Alex, Autumn,
0: Frankie, Amy, Miriam, Alwyn, Nancy, Alex, Sydney, Janine, Elizabeth, Madison, Robin, Angelina, Gretchen, Bethann, Sean, Harry, Rachel, Andy, Hannah, Morgan, Kimberly, Brianna, Adri, McKenna, Sharon, Lorene, Nanette, Cassifras, Carmen, Lena, FP, Lizzie, Doodle, Jane, C, Alexis,
1: Monica, Nikita, Sydney, Ashley, Sarah, Rhett, Heather, Sydney, Emma, Nicole, Katrina, Chris, Simon, Chelsea, Nicole, Nicole, The Strange Case of Jewelry, Sarah, Dolores, Alex, and Joanna.
0: Thank you guys so much. You contribute so much to the podcast happening and us being able to sustain this. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We so appreciate your support.
1: Thank you. Oh my god <laughs> thank you god i can't say a single word thank you and thank you to our editor eric foster and his team at upfire digital who hopefully can edit out these sounds <laughs> Someone's
0: literally hammering behind Sabrina. So that's our way of wrapping it up. You guys already know the ways to support us. So we'll just cruise on past that this time. Mm-hmm. And thank you again. If you want to support our sponsors, you can. For 15% off of your purchase of $100 or more, go to modcloth.com and enter code GHOST to checkout.
1: And for $20 off any suitcase or bag. And for additional last minute holiday shipping deals, go to awaytravel.com forward slash TGOG20. And to get 20%
0: off of your first order of Function of Beauty, head to functionofbeauty.com forward slash TGOG.
1: And use coupon code TGOG for $10 off your first box at www.fabfitfun.com. And to get 10% off and free shipping on
0: Brooklinen, head to brooklinen.com and use promo code TGOG.
1: And we will see you
0: on the other side. Very spooky.